Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to episode two of season three of Comic Book Nation. We are the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me is our comic book team. We have producer Jim Viscardi with us today. Hello. We have Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And Matthew Aguilar. What up? Hey, buddy. Um, So we're back today for the second episode of season Three, I almost said two. Man, I think we just all want to forget season two happened uh, in 2020. But uh, no, it we did our best. Three. Yes. Um, and we are here today because we are excited to be back talking about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is going to kick off this week with the release of WandaVision on Disney+. And right up first, we've got a guy who has seen WandaVision before a lot of you have, Mr. Jim Viscardi. Oh Produce some WandaVision impressions for us, spoiler-free, no worries. We are taking all spoilers out, but here is a taste of what you guys are going to get when Marvel drops WandaVision on Disney Plus this Friday. Jim. All right, so uh, I can't go like too, too deep. Obviously, like the, the uh, embargo for that, I believe, hits to hits tomorrow. But what I can say are kind of my overall impressions about, uh, about WandaVision, right? And so this is a show that... It, honestly, I feel it's like coming at like the, the perfect time. So they they let us watch the first three episodes, and I'm glad actually that the first two episodes are being made available up front this Friday because I believe that they truly are kind of a, a package deal that helps sets up the um, a lot of like the the, the WTF kind of moments uh, uh, for like what this show was going to be. Right? We've the the sitcom aspect of the show is which is the part that's been the wo- most widely uh, you know, presented in as far as the marketing and, and whatnot goes is, is really just a part of the overall story. Like there, it, it goes so much deeper, so much so that where there are moments that you can feel the reality of everything creeping in. Like those are legit tense moments where I am, where I found myself just like, oh, it's about to, it's about to get real, and and it comes in just like just you know, little drops here and there that you know I, I believe will probably pick up obviously as the show goes on, um, but but man, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as Wanda uh, Maximoff and Vision got nearly not nearly enough screen time up to this point in the MCU. And boy, it makes me feel like we did. And I, I got, that's why I'm glad this is happening because they are so good together and they play, they play off each other really, really well. Um, you know, there we've seen in the, a lot of the, the trailers and teasers that, you know, uh, you, it seems like obviously like, where did vision come from? What is this vision? Uh, what, like, what's, what's the whole deal? Did Wanda create him? Uh, it, you know, is it, uh, there's a, a ton of theories that are, are being put out there. And I think the thing that makes this really, um, really interesting is that Paul Bettany plays that off really freaking well. 
and and like you can't tell whether or not Wanda is aware of what's go like what's going on, right? Like you you kind of get hints that she you know that she may know or doesn't know, but like but you don't, and and like and like that's the biggest mystery at least up until you know the first three is is not really solved. Um, the supporting cast is is so is is just so great. Um, I. I can't tell if a lot of my excitement has been because of the drought that we've had as far as MCU stuff goes. <laughs> yeah, that was my first I, question. Like, are that's you, a very, that's a very real. Starving man getting and getting a meal finally. That's very, like, here. But the thing that took me by surprise is I had, I didn't know what to expect from this show. Right. Because like they said, like so much of it was built around the, the sitcom basis of it. That's really all that we've seen. Like, how is it going to homage? I dream a genie or how is it going to homage full house or, or whatever. And like so much of that takes such a back seat, really. Like you don't care about that stuff, but you care about how the show is being presented in, in a way that really um, uh, j- it just kind of takes you by surprise. And this is a show. This is a project made to be a show. This is not, this is not a movie. This is not a, like it's, it, shouldn't it shouldn't be a movie like it it really like i said i think as the episodes go on it'll probably feel feel more like your prestige television type stuff like your game of thrones or 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 whatnot just as far as like the scope of uh of that goes but the the little just like you know just the 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 drips that we we get here have really been a lot of fun um i i don't think it's going to be a show for everyone i think a lot of mcu fans are going to love it um, I think new fans coming in may take a little uh, adjustment, uh, you know, to 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 the show. Um, but for but like comic fans are going to totally take it. Like there's a ton of awesome Easter eggy kind of things that uh, you know people you know people like us just eat up. So just taking a couple questions from the comments. Yeah, Dougal Dougal Shumway asked, "Does it have a similar feel to something like Legion?" Which a very acclaimed show again, but maybe not as accessible to like a big, huge mainstream audience. It's I mean, it's definitely not as trippy as, as I feel like Legion got at certain uh, certain times. Um, but there are there are definitely things at play uh, that that yeah, like it's the first three episodes really don't they give you just the tiniest bit of insight as to like what may actually be behind what this mystery is. And I think it's just enough time that like, by the time we get to week two, or I guess week three of the show, that's when it's really, I think that's when it's really going to kick into high gear. Um, but like I said, for week one and two, it's, there's still, there's so much mystery that I think it's hard to even anticipate where the show may go. Uh, just a couple procedural questions again, from coming from, uh, coming from our fans who are watching how many episodes do we have locked and loaded for this, and how long is each episode? I so I think the episode times are going to vary. I think episode count, I believe, is nine, but it's going to be over eight weeks because we're getting two episodes up front. Um, but like each of the, the, the like I said, they haven't given us the time count. The first two were about a half hour. The third one was about forty minutes. Um, but I think. I don't know if it's going to grow over time or if it's really going to be a mixed bag throughout the whole season. Um, so it's, it's hard to say at this point, we can't, I don't think we can say definitively what they're going to be, but can we cheer and start screaming? The MCU is back, baby. Oh yeah. A 100%. 
The MCU is back, baby. Hundred percent. All right. This is this is very firmly like this. It's it doesn't feel like a side project. It doesn't feel like it's an adventure taking you know taking place in its own kind of corner of the MCU. It it is very much an MCU thing. All right. So that is a spoiler free impression of Wandavision from Party. Yeah, beautifully, beautifully just told to us there. Um, MCU is back. That is our takeaway. We are excited, and you know we are going to be all over this, and not just us. Jim, tell the fans what else. If you guys are checking out WandaVision this week, we got a special little something in our own podcast cinematic universe here. That's right. Brandon Davis has taken it upon himself. You know, our our, our resident MCU kind of uh, you know expert is we're launching Phase Zero. A Marvel show that is going to be available wherever podcasts can be found. It'll be this Friday, same time, 11, sorry, uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and it is going to be a, a, you know, the next couple of weeks, obviously, are going to be an exploration of uh, what, what's going on in WandaVision out and MC, your MCU news. Uh, there'll be some interviews. I think Brandon's got Kevin Feige lined up, uh, you know, for, for Friday. So that's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think the first episode will be Brandon, myself, and Jamie Jurek who's been on Comic Nation uh, a whole bunch. So definitely tune in. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a lot of fun. It's where if you, the audio will be available later Friday afternoon. Otherwise you can watch live uh, on Twitch, on Facebook uh, uh, at noon, noon Eastern, nine Pacific. Man, we're officially the Iron Man of this thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, look, that was one of the things that we want to do. So now you can get comic book programming three times a week live. Monday is a wild podcast has appeared. Wednesday is Comic Book Nation. Uh, Friday is Phase Zero. So uh, look at that. We're just building our own little network here. That's awesome. Yeah. Make sure you follow. Right. So, yeah, you guys know BD. He's going to be doing Phase Zero, and I'm sure we're going to be having some fun crossovers, fun with him oh, on absolutely. that. So, uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled, and it launches this Friday with WandaVision. So you have a place to really dig into this series with I mean, I don't know if anybody. And we're, knows and we're, and we're going to talk spoilers, so you better watch it before, yeah. you, before you come watch us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. BD knows everything that's happening. I think BD has like been shadowing Kevin Feige for years, and knows that he's been asking him about yeah. Nova for like. Nova, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we, uh, look, if you tune in on Friday, you'll get you'll get an update on Nova as well. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's the signal. That's the signal. All right, it. thanks, Jim. So now that we know that WandaVision is coming, there's been press for it, obviously, and. Kevin Feige has been out and talking. So we thought we'd kind of round up just a, quite a few few things that they've been talking about, about what's going on after this long year delay of uh, 2020 with the current phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe projects as from our interviews with Feige and a bunch of other outlets. So some fun things to get to kind of go over, just we're going to run through. Uh, first of all, it was kind of cool. We got uh, our first kind of confirmation of what we all knew, but now have confirmed. We get more Avengers movies, y'all. Endgame was not the endgame for that uh, franchise. So, you know, Kevin Feige is always cagey. He doesn't ever nail anything down too much, but he just let us know that this is a thing that is going to keep happening, right? Um, so there was kind of some speculation that they could just start spinning off and, and launching other things. But, of course, it is – you have to be – you got to be like a lawyer with Kevin Feige, right? Like you got to say every single <laughs> he thing he says down to the letter. a yeah. master Jedi, black belt level of just, like, eating up interview time just yeah. by, like – And saying playing. nothing. And saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I used to prepare. It was a chess game. I remember I went into Thor the Dark World, and I was like, okay, Infinity Stones. We're coming for you, Feige. Uh, but, yeah, the man's a master. That's just true. 
But um, yeah, we are going to continue the Avengers franchise, so that's not going to disappear for forever. But of course, there's room for it. Like we've always speculated for it to come back, yes, but in a different form, like Young Avengers or New Avengers or something or something different. Champions, yeah, make yeah, it happen. Make champions. You were, you were so that's on a, that champions branding. So you don't think they'll just take everything now? That's like really big and make them into the Avengers, like with Doctor Strange kind of being at the forefront and throwing Wanda and Vision. Like you don't think that's what they're going to do? Do you think they're just going to more so go into like a comic book direction, like start over? What are your thoughts on that? I think it'll just. I think the first story will be about why the Avengers are changing in the way it's changing, whether it's a, a younger crew or trying to fulfill the you know older generation's legacy, or something of just a new recruitment of uh, you know very different this time heroes. Yeah, I mean, like it'll. I feel like it's the natural thing after Sam takes the mantle, right? In the comics, like we saw that Avengers team change up quite a bit, and it was a mix. It was a mix of legacy people stepping in. And then it was some new characters, newer characters at the time. Uh, I feel like it'll be that as opposed to like a full blown Young Avengers or anything or any, like Jim. Yeah. Like Jim said, that that is a project on its own. I mean, Champions or Young Avengers can be its own thing. It doesn't have to be. Oh, this is the Avengers now. So that's well, but there's there's still so much of the MCU landscape that is still undefined, really. Right? Like Shield is gone. Like what? Like the Accords are still the accords like they still exist and so um so like how does the mcu deal with that you know obviously you know a big part of uh wandavision is how sword is involved and we know nick fury has built sword and so we don't know how that is going to affect things like there's still a ton of unanswered questions okay, about by the, the way MCU. can i ask about okay so is is sword because i know you can't really get into spoilers but is sword like covered in those first couple episodes do we get any kind of real meaty no. stuff there okay not yet they're just, a, is, they're just a group with some things on their jacket. Where is that deal, man? Why is Nick Fury low? Anyway. That's the thing. So, like, that, I mean, I feel like that's the, one of the really exciting parts about the start of Phase 4, right? Is how it can, like, it's almost a new runway that's being paved that we have to, like, kind of build, you know, that we just need to build on, um, which is just fun. Like, it, it, it feels like the early days of the MCU just with a different set. Uh, of characters and i'm curious to see how you know see where it goes and a wider fan base too you know exactly these people are going to actually get shine that it took quite a while to get on you know our core avengers our first avengers i feel like so many people didn't jump on i think you gotta remember too like back when iron man started like no one knew or cared about iron man as a character so it's oh yeah he was called like a c C he was a c level character avenger squad what that was always the running joke was that yeah was that thor captain america and iron man were always like c level compared to (laughs) superman batman and wonder woman because it was even spider-man and the x-men like they always play they play that's why it was such a big deal when bendis did his avenger squad and actually like made it an A plus team of like, here's all the best characters you have to offer. We're putting them on a team, you know, and now it's such a different story, but yeah. Yeah. One question from uh dredge Knight is, do you guys expect there to be the kind of same every 10 years Thanos level threat, or do you think we'll get kind of big threats more often kind of spread out? God, I yeah. hope it's more often. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm waiting <laughs> to answer. I'm, I'm sitting here like, I'm just uh, I'm staring like I'm just an active, you know, an active participant. But um, I, I think it'll be kind of more threats more often of that scale. 
um because the stakes have just been kind of raised and it's like we're already dealing with like a multiverse that could have everybody from like Mephisto to Dormammu along with Kang also in the mix somewhere and yeah. plus all you know the Mandarin, and so I think it'll like, be. Kind I don't. Of, you know. I don't want to be sixty when they finally, when the MCU finally yeah. gets to apocalypse. <laughs> oh my like, god! Like that. Like think of it, right? Like they've got it. Like okay, so we have the Fantastic Four coming. So presumably, maybe Galact. Like we won't even get Galactus in like twenty years. At the you know, I need annihilation every every yeah, ten years. Right? I don't think can I get annihilation it. first, please? Well, that's it. Yeah. But I don't even think that right. Like we're probably going to get. Well, obviously, it seems more likely now than ever that we'll get Doctor Doom. Uh, for Fantastic Four, for it, right? So that so that'll be nice. We're gonna get that relatively soon. But then, like you think, okay, what are the other big menaces? Like right? you got Galactus, you got Annihilus. Um, uh, like I said, like Apocalypse when they inevitably bring in the X Men. Like they're probably gonna, they're probably gonna wait five years to bring into the X Men. Oh At that point, like Magneto probably has to be the villain first, right? And then from there, like where the hell do you go? Like that's it. I'm gonna be sixty and I'm gonna be like, yes, Apocalypse. <laughs> It's for the future generations. Yeah. <laughs> for your <exactly>. daughter. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, we're gonna move it. I think they're gonna move Oscar it faster. And uh, like I think they'll move it faster and have more kind of events they can package more often, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and sell a set, you know, not to be cynical, but I think that's the way we're gonna get it. Um moving on, just because we got a couple more of these to run through. Do you, Feige didn't say anything about the Spider-Man three casting, but he said what I love. He always says he's like, well, online people are sometimes way off and sometimes shockingly close, and that's always true. But I don't want to spoil the fun by telling you which one this is. Oh my god! Which is, you know, if you read between the lines of Feige, <laughs> that's, so good. That's so some good of this is definitely true. So I think yeah. we are getting this crazy Spider-Verse. I think the question still remains, as we've dug, dug into on the show, is. Will this be like a major component of the story or just kind of like a grand sequence that arguably either helps resolve the plot in some way or or opens the door to a larger Spider-Verse live action franchise that Sony can then sink its hooks into after its kind of initial partnership arc with Marvel is done? Fingers crossed for that sequence because yeah. Yeah. it would be nice for Spider-Man to actually have his own movie. Yeah. Oh my god! I said negative answer today. I apologize. No, hey, we said we, yeah, we. I mean, it's a program. No, we are going to more of a PG PG thirteen show, just like the MCU. Uh, I hope we did tell you to be spicier. Yeah, I mean, we found out the demographics (laughs) prove it. Most of our fans are adults, and so we can we can adult this a little bit. We're gonna go up to Netflix from Disney Plus, so that's what we're going. So uh, yeah, you can you can let your opinion fly, let it out. It's twenty twenty. I'm so negative starting out this. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Or maybe you're just it's a fair it's a fair point. Yeah, maybe you're just so right. You're just so right. Spider Man has basically been a background character in his own freaking movies. Hey. I love these movies featuring Spider-Man. There are a lot of yeah, movies. exactly. I mean, you yeah. all saw what it was when Civil War came out. You saw what it was. He's Marvel made Marvel team up in the movies, and it's like yeah. okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly it, it. That 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 couldn't have been a more perfect uh, analogy. The Spider-Man <laughs> movies are basically Marvel team up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys are looking around, but I don't think anybody's getting their own movie anymore. Like, that's <laughs> true. That's Thor true. Thor: Love and Thunder is an event. The Guardians just landed to yeah, film yeah. that. Like, Spider-Man's gonna have everybody from every franchise. Shang Chi. Shang Chi is the only hope. Show. That's it. No Thank one you. has been spliced in the Shang Chi yet. Maybe, well, the maybe. Mandarin's already gonna be connected. I mean, I'm not gonna be. Well, you need a Danny Rand shows up for a cameo. I'm actually curious to see uh, if anyone's gonna show up in Eternals. 
Yes, I need Felicia Hardy. In this whole MCU conversation, that is the movie that that no one is talking about. And like, as someone who's a giant fan of, as someone who's a giant fan of the Eternals, like I'm worried. Why? Why? Now you're worried. Now you're worried. (laughs) Wait, why are you worried now? Because like, it makes sense why they're not talking. I mean, delays and stuff. Okay, first of all, have you seen the figures? Yes, I did see those. Those costumes. Those costumes are. Okay, but the figures, maybe it's just the fact that, I'm throwing you a bone here, maybe it's the fact that the figures just suck, and it's not, oh, because the costumes look good in the concept art. They do. And the cast is awesome. The concept art is really pretty. That's the best thing. It's really pretty. The figures, not so much. Look, I think the the Celestials look really cool. I'm really excited to to see that stuff. But the fact that, like, like we haven't even begun to to board the hype train for this, like, is is concerned like i get it right like we're still waiting for black widow to, to happen yeah. and like i'm sure we're gonna get you know another black widow trailer before that movie comes out and then if i think wow. if we stitch all the trailers together we'll see, have seen half the movie but that's fine um <laughs> it's yes. just it, it's just like like that's a franchise that, that like i just love it but again as is with franchises jim loves they get no they get no love seemingly for marvel at press events so like eternals gets nothing moon knight got got a, a mention hey i'm uh, right there with disney you. investor <laughs> call uh and so like so you know whatever I'll just, uh, you gotta be patient i guess sad jim all right um <laughs> uh, did uh kind of we did get confirmation that although this is interesting that the WandaVision people, the Doctor Strange people, and the Spider-Man 3 people are all collaborating. So this thing that we've identified and been talking about as this kind of multiverse arch of the Phase 4 storyline is definitely connected in these projects. And I think Loki will touch on this as well. So that's real interesting. Um, yeah, so getting these, like I said, I think I answered the other question about villains. Like this I could see getting packaged as a set, like some kind of multiverse story is like, yeah. okay, watch this block. And Disney Plus, is, I feel like, is going to break this all up because they already yeah. do this kind of stuff. Is like, here's an arc. Watch all these things. It just feels like, like the MCU is turning into the world tree, basically, right? Where like yeah. you had the first 10 years were the trunk, and now it's branching out into you know various worlds and realms. Uh, and we'll Clear see, the way. Know. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, another update that's good. Uh, Deadpool has been confirmed. Rated R in the MCU. So that yeah. is happening. Yeah, that is a huge win. Um, Getting Deadpool rated R. So that's great. And yeah, man. Oh, somebody said that as soon as we did. (laughs) (laughs) Profile 10. You're really on the point. Yeah. So Deadpool is going to be rated R in the MCU with Ryan Reynolds, who's working closely with Kevin Feige on developing this next stage. So that's a big win because that kind of finally cracks the barrier on the MCU being this only family friendly formula. And now Disney is going to diversify, and we're all hoping that Blade will follow right behind it and go full R and really bring, like, you know, the vampire story in an MCU into a literal and figurative darker place. So that's. uh, Does this mean that I might actually get the X Force movie I wanted? Like this you is might. Yeah, really? I mean it's possible. Uh, yes, in in 2053. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh god, but um, yeah, oh yeah, people are saying in the comments that Eternals has that inhuman oh, feel. I, that. I didn't read that one. It's not good. good. I know. I, I was the guy, the guy who went to that IMAX Eternals premiere. Oh bless you. It was me and three other weirdos <laughs> who I'm not sure weren't there for some kind of other meetup, but uh, I don't know. But it was just like, yeah, 
And I almost joined them because it was that boring watching it turn in humans. But uh, I mean, yeah. it, it, the yeah, cool thing is that, like, they, they both said, like, obviously, everyone's very busy. And so, like, we, it's probably going to be another three, the maybe four years before we see Deadpool 3. Wow. But, like, I feel like that needs to be three, four years. Really? Yeah, they said they're not filming it. They're not going to, they can't start this year. They'll yeah. maybe start filming next year, which means we won't get it until year three. Yeah, I mean, Feige said as much. They said Brian Reynolds is busy, so it's going to be a minute. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, but like, but, but the the thing is though is that like this is at least they have confirmed what feels like the bridge to the X Men, right? So like, yeah, like that. This will we will we know it's coming. We know uh, you know we'll we'll get explanations here or there. But like it's now more than ever we know Feige is taking the Fox, Fox stuff and and putting it into the MCU. Now, what does that mean for the the other X Men movies? It's still a big question mark. But yeah, yeah. Well, actually, let's take a break, and then I actually want to. I wanted to talk about that. So let's take a break real quick, and we come back. We're going to talk about what is going on with X Men and the MCU. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right so we're back we're talking all these marvel phase four updates from kevin feige that we got recently and uh we were talking deadpool 3 being confirmed as rated r in the mcu and as uh, Jim was saying, this is kind of, we're seeing the first steps towards building the bridge to the X-Men making their MCU debut. Kevin Feige wouldn't say anything kind of firm on that. He just said that it's ways off and there's long ongoing discussions about how they're going to do this and adapt them for the MCU. And that's kind of the question I just wanted to pitch you guys to kind of finish up our Marvel MCU talk. What do you think for this kind of version of the X-Men we're getting in the MCU? Because I've been kind of racking my brain about like what it should be because there's a problem of, you know, what what era are we adapting of the X-Men who have wildly changed in, in different eras? And how do we do it in a way that it that feels organic and logical to explaining why they appear in the MCU now or why we didn't know about them before? And personally, I think I want an amalgamation of kind of like the classic 90s stuff and some of this House of X stuff. Because I think there is like a lot of good stuff that House of X has kind of put together that I think should be adapted 
for these movies without getting too deep into like the house of X, you know, X-Men soaked lore of it all. Um, I think it's interesting to have them have a mutant nation, I think is very interesting. Having them do this kind of powers, combining powers to achieve godlike stuff is, is really interesting and, and would make them much different from any other characters in the MCU. I think having a character like Moira is, is kind of key that you can play with kind of different versions of the MCU without having to do kind of all multiverse things and why mutants might have an agenda in like in a battle plan because she's seen stuff that goes horribly wrong and why they maybe didn't reveal themselves to the, to humanity because they did that in a different MCU and it didn't go so hot. Can Um, you imagine a quiet council like meeting in like the MCU? Oh my God, I lose my, Lose my mind. Um, try not to cuss there. Lose my mind. want to take it too uh, rated. Uh, but yeah, like I, I'm so glad because I, I know. I mean, all of us have been. Where are the X Men? Where are the X Men? And and I was one of the ones that got torched for. <laughs> hey, take your time. And oh my God, after House of X and Powers, I am so glad because now we actually have the opportunity to maybe inject some of that stuff as opposed to just rushing something up. And having this half, I, again, I, hold I have to disagree with both. I think X, I think House of X, Powers of Ten is way too heady stuff for them to even As begin a whole, to, to try. I don't, it. No, I don't think you, you can't take it straight from the comics. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we're, I think we're more apt to get an Asteroid M type situation where, or, or a Genosha type thing where, like, the mutants have the mutants existed, they left, uh, like, and have been living, you know, on, you know, uh, uh, another. Yeah, uh, it works just like that, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Why can't you do? Because like that, and it makes sense that they live on a mutant island. Like, yeah, that. they've yeah. kept themselves away. They have their own government, and when they finally mesh with like all these other heroes and like our societies, it's this interesting clash of things. And you slowly learn some basic things. They don't need to get into the fact that like, I don't even say like they have to be like, oh, they have to be reborn, and like they can never like. You don't have to go everything in-house but i think some of those core elements can easily be moved in and i mean i'm sorry this is also a marvel universe that at the beginning i feel like everybody was like no multiverse people won't understand multiverses people won't understand all this and now we're like getting into stuff like that so like bs i call bs on the fact that people can't understand things it's fine yeah and uh, yeah i mean i just think there has to be a way to keep i think the x-men kind of old school we're just like mutant superheroes operating a secret in a world of fear and hates us. It's kind of played out now. I think the civil rights analogies that it was kind of touching on are played out now and very different. I don't think anybody wants to retread a Magneto Professor X rivalry again. It's like the Uncle Ben and Batman origin of movies. Like, again, like we've seen this so many times. Like, I think them being together and linked in this kind of thing and running an entire mutant nation is more interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, that's a question we could be arguing about forever. We but have a uh, question in the chat. I heard Rogue being in Captain Marvel 2, not uh, too crazy about the idea. Good origin story for Rogue, but not a fan of Ray Larson. Yeah, I know. Can't help you with one of those. We cannot help you with one of those. But um, <laughs> it was, I think the Rogue story is a classic. I mean, that's some of the most classic imagery. I think it would be interesting if Carol Danvers did go through that point of losing her powers and, and all of that stuff. Okay, can I be honest? I am Man, so I, if you talk about really you talk about pearls and you talk about like seeing the death of like Uncle Ben and seeing the death of I am so over Carol losing her powers. If I see that one more time, I'm gonna vomit. 
I hate that storyline so much. I've seen that in the comics like 80 times. This she like gets her memories wrong. And even in the latest run, they even make kind of a meta joke on it in one story of like, seriously, the character is sick of that happening. I'm good with keeping Rogue separate and letting Captain Marvel be Captain Marvel and just do something else. <laughs> I just I just thought about for a second on the X-Men front, like all the villains that they have and like I'm going to be dead before half of them show up oh on, my on the screen. Wow. No. You are, how long we were this close to seeing Mr. Sinister on screen this close. You don't and want like, that B version of Mr. Sinister. I understand. But now <laughs> we're going to ruin it. A version of Sinister. Gonna like it's going it. to be forever. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I think it's important wow. that they have familiar characters for people who are not super confident or don't know the story that, you know, House of X, House of M, like all that stuff. Um, you guys know I'm a beginner in this. And so if I saw Rogue, if I saw Storm, like I would feel more comfortable with yeah. that. Listen, I'm just going to tell my kids the House of X is the X-Men. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> These are going to be like, what's this? I'm going to be like, I see X-Men. And that's, oh, you didn't know? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, we still got, I mean, this is the biggest question facing the MCU. Even more so, I think, than the Fantastic Four is how they do the X-Men. And at least we know how Deadpool's coming in. He's coming in. We were this close to getting out. Omega Red. This close. <laughs> now, okay, I know you love that character. So that one hurts because it was going to be in Deadpool, correct? Yep. So they were going to do that too. right. Like, so a, that one hurt. Disney Plus character at best. Oh, <laughs> All right. yeah. Let's move it. Let's go. Ooh. We got to talk comics because there is another controversial thing I got to talk about and vent on. Oh, wow. So we're moving over to comics. And uh, before we get in the books, we're going to review this week. They're doing another clone saga Miles Morales, Spider Man. I had to look this up. <sighs> this is I'm... like the third one. I I, yeah. I I couldn't even get a clear like point of view. I didn't even no, know what no, I was yeah, no, Don't worry. That's oh, not bitch, you. No, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I am going to throw a grenade in a stump though. I did love that 90s clone saga. You could come hey, at me. You guys I, I'm come not coming at you. I bought every single issue. I bought I'm every a, single issue. I'm I ride really. with Ben Riley to the day that I die. He's a true hero. In some ways, I think he's a truer hero than Peter Parker, but uh Oh. I love Ben Riley, but oh. uh, yeah, Scarlet that, Spider for life. And Kane, come on, buddy. Kane was okay. Kane was great. Oh my god, we oh. are bonding over the weirdest thing. I never would have thought <laughs> we would have agreed on the club saga. I, okay. And his poor Quasimodo face when he finally took off the mask, and I was like, oh, Kane, you're just a tragic anti-hero. Now, can I say though, the story makes absolutely no sense. Oh no, no, it, I didn't say that. Absolutely yeah. terrible as a plot. It was and just it, that. And, I mean, the story was basically that Miles Craven the Jackal had clone plans on clone plans on clone plans on clone plans. It was so yeah. editorially driven by we need to keep this alive, and it's it, you can feel it. It's lost. Yeah. It's essentially lost of like, we got to keep this going. We got to keep answering these questions we keep presenting. And then we ran out of answers. And so and that we was did the best. Future. I think the best part was the end because it was like you revealed that uh, Norman Osborn was uh, behind it all. Like, yeah, that was that was good. That part was fun. But uh, Miles Morales' clone saga is coming our way. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Jim, I know you got something to say. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> like, to Why? It just makes no like because it sells, Jim. But that, the no, last no one, one. Look, I understand. This, I understand nostalgia is hot right now. No one looks back at that clone saga fondly. Like e that is like even <laughs> I know, were, but they buy them. <laughs> Sl that slot one, 
sold like tons of copies and was a but huge was talking but point was, because of how bad the original was. Give so, Miles give Miles his own damn stories. Like you're real. not getting any argument from me. Okay. I'm just saying I know why they do it. Have you ever I seen the Clone Saga? Have you ever seen the Clone Saga in black? Like, ah. here, this is what's gonna but this is what's gonna happen, right? Like at this at this rate, we're gonna get a, a you know Miles' version of King in Black in two years. Yeah. And it'll sound like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need it. King in new black. Money. King in <laughs> deeper black. Yeah. There you oh, go. The question man. is, is Matt, will we be reading those? Here's the thing. The team behind it <laughs> is great quite team, good. Which is unfortunate. Okay? So it's a, it's a good team. Also, they say, now granted, this could also be just like PR speak. But they say in like the email that kind of talks about like some of the stuff that like, this is really something they've been planning for years. Yada yada, they've been planting the seeds in the story. Who knows if that's the case? I, because of the creative team involved, I am intrigued to at least see what they do differently. They're supposedly like he has three clones. There's and they've already revealed the designs, which are actually admittedly pretty cool. Um, except for the one who just looks exactly like him with blades on his arms because that feels so nineties. But yes, <laughs> that's. I will at least read the first issue. Actually, no. Knowing me, because I read almost all these things, I will read the whole series. But whether I want to or not remains. Using this as a vehicle to sell toys. If they mess, all I know is they better not mess with original Miles by the end. Like he's just coming into his own. Don't don't. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. and like honestly, that's the biggest thing. Like I think I think we're finally past the um, Miles integration into the, the the mainline Marvel universe, and he really is starting to become like he really is his own character uh that that i that i have that i love reading i just like when it to me it just feels like a gimmick i'm sure there's a you know there there may be a good story there given who the creative team is i just like i understand the need for the gimmick to raise awareness and sell books but not that one any other one just not that one yeah <laughs> All right, we're gonna be do Spider Island gonna... again. I don't care. Well, like, stop. Just... <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Do Spider, said, do Spider Island. Island again. I mean, stop. look, I'll take that over one more day. Yeah, but I don't want to. No. Spider <laughs> Island managed to pull itself off. Let's not test those waters again. All right, <laughs> let's uh, go to our books this week, Matt. What are we doing this week for comics? All right, so we're actually gonna continue. Uh, we're actually gonna touch on some books from last week as well though of course it is future state season uh so we've got a oh god six we got six new future state books wow. uh and you know kind of like last week there was a a mix of like really good titles and some that you can like completely pass on um though even in some of those there were some b stories that were really good so uh but first i know kofi really wanted to talk some x-men because we didn't really get to cover it uh, last week with all the future state stuff going on. So um, we wanted to talk about X-Men and Hellions. And I know uh, Kofi had some thoughts on the X-Men vision. Is that correct? I did. Um, I just had some <laughs> thoughts about where the X-Men is going since uh, Ten of Swords. Uh, yeah, Ten of Swords. And, you know, these books were really kind of helping to continue the post-crossover stage setting for the next phase of this Dawn of X initiative. Um, the Hellions one was interesting. Uh, I love Hellions, first of all. So not enough, I feel like not enough people will read this book. That book is way better than I think it has any right any right yeah. to be. And I, I really love enjoyed it. it. And I, I wasn't worked it for Danny alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think just like 
it, it's the best Marvel Suicide Squad ripoff they've ever done. Um, it, it's just kind of really uh, good. And, and uh, did, you, did you not read King and Black Thunderbolts this week? That oh no, I haven't good. gotten. I'm not gotten to that yet. No, that I was really that was very good. good, and and basically like Suicide Squad so much like it to the, like where they play the gag of people just dying. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, as soon as I heard King and Black Thunderbolts, I, I kind of got the concept. I was like, oh boy, some people are going to yeah. really buy it. Um, so that's going to be cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I like Hellions. Uh, it's one of the stronger kind of new titles in this Dawn of X line. And this week is great. They had a kind of, and they just do weird, funny stuff in this book. So like, you think this cheesy 90s recap of Cameron Hodge comes back, but it's this whole thing about him and infecting these robots with his techno-organic virus which all falls apart when he finds out that spoilers, he's not really Cameron Hodge. He's a robot and has his robots like shoot him down. But um, it takes a dark turn at the end. And that's what I love about this book is it can shift so much. Yeah. And it, after all this funny confrontation with this kind of cheesy classic X-Men villain, we get this dark turn that, you know, Psylocke is ordered to destroy this race of AI robots that have just become self-aware and like Havoc, Havoc had this hilarious kind of uh, ambassador, brief ambassadorship with, to kind of making mutants friends with these robots, which is a big deal mm -hmm. because mutants and robots have a very bad future timeline kind of, you know, I don't want to call future history, but that's kind of what it is. But uh, yeah. And so they kill all the robots and we find out that the X-Men actually have what equates to like a genocide protocol for, for artificial intelligence is they're going around the world and anytime they see it start to pop up, they're taking it out. I keep and that Nimrod from happening, man. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to stop that Nimrod. But uh, yeah, and this goes back to House of X and Moira's kind of vision that it's inevitable uh, that, you know, that is basically it said in House of X that mutants and machines are the two offshoots of humanity that will battle for dominance, and, and, you know, far enough down the timeline. And they're like Highlander, there's only room for one, right? Um, but my thing was like, this is kind of dark and it kind of makes the X-Men just like, you know, the people who have been, they've been fighting against all these years. Like, are you better than the Sentinels when, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yep, that's exactly thank right. You. I saw that comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the X-Men are acting like Sentinels. They are trying to eliminate a group before they are alive, which raises some pretty interesting questions and continues to make Krakoa this kind of really interesting and fun kind of gray area of, you know, very noble and very kind of shifty purposes that come with running an actual nation and government, um, whether it's Beast and his crazy interrogations or this Awful. kind of protocol. X-Men character. Yeah, I know. Period. Nobody likes Beast. Worse. I mean, it's I want worse. Dark Beast. Dark Beast should just take over at this point. Like, yes. Be better. I can't believe we've gotten to a point where I would prefer Age of Apocalypse Dark Beast over the, like, original Hate McCoy. <laughs> Remember that comic where Dark Beast buried him behind yeah. the wall. Yeah, awesome. go back there. Go, yeah, go back that was there. the most fun I've had with Beast in years. Awful. Um, yeah, Off put here. Beast back in the wall. Uh, so X-Men 16 kind of continued things with showing us that this, you know, what you would think with this easy union between Krakoa and Arako, their dark kind of sister nation, doesn't go well. And it's hilariously done in this quirky, weird way because the two islands basically have marriage counseling and decide, no, we've become different people and like we're, we're not trying to unify anymore. Um, and that was great. And this was the first X-Men book I think I've enjoyed in a long time from the summer's perspective of just kind of weird, quirky scenes that Hickman and them get to do. Like the Arako mutants looking at the Krakoa mutants and being like, Nah, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> maybe government whole yeah. exchange yeah. was amazing. Oh, so Magneto does his like best adult face 
and is like, yeah, like I'm like we're we we have a whole council. He's like, oh no, you don't. You're you're, you're a baby government. Okay, cool. go, yeah. go away now. I gotta I gotta say, my love for this character Iska the Unbeaten just keeps on growing. Like, yeah. I like these Arako mutants. All those Arako characters are yeah. so cool, man. Yeah, and I hope they stick around. And if you guys haven't seen that part of X Men, that I was gonna say during our discussion, that's a part I hope they also bring in the MCU after the initial launch of the X-Men is, and I would like that to also be part of the mythos that there were mutants, but they just all sacrificed themselves to save the world back in the day and, you know, yeah. modify it a little. And apocalypse was the only one and he's been asleep for whatever time. Um, and that's that they come back and cause those characters are so freaking cool and actually have a lot of substance. And that was, if nothing else, one of the great, things about 10 of swords even if the actual tournament was kind of hokey um those characters so i'm digging where the x-men books are going they are actually setting up some some good intrigue uh on a lot of fronts and even marauders and this kind of inner political power plays between these x-men right. council of characters are is great so i'm actually digging post and we're getting an election yeah, we're getting an election yeah. Oh, yeah. The X-Men, which is gonna be dope that is kind of funny yeah i forgot about that whole thing because that book is kind of dense but yeah it ends with they're going to form a new X-Men team to be Krakoa's actual like superhero team. And they're going to let the mutants vote for it. Now, what I didn't understand, I wanted to ask Matt is do we, the fans, is this kind of a meta thing? Like, are we going to vote for the X-Men? As of right now, I don't think it's, pres I don't think so. I don't, I think it'll be like, they're going to have their, because like in Marauders, they talk about their gala that they're going to have. And, that someone even mentions like they're probably going to announce the new X team there. So it seems like there's probably going to be a, an issue or two where they're debating that kind of thing. Um, now it would be super cool if they did at least like one member of like, Hey, someone gets to vote, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening. Like I just don't see them releasing that kind of control <laughs> editorial <laughs> control and going, Hey, pick this guy. Cause you know, if it's going to be me voting, I'm going to vote maggot. So yeah, they don't want to plan for that thing. They don't want that. They don't want that. Like, they don't want that smoke. All right. But I, I, invite guys, I invite you guys to check out uh, Ten of Swords and then the, kind of these post books because we are going in some interesting, some interesting ways. Matt, tell us, DC fu Future State, what did you think about this week? Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so I feel like there's there was a couple of big books, but the ones that I feel like you should – necessarily read uh there was a lot of the backup stories that impressed like justice league future state justice league that first story with the actual justice league was kind of a letdown for me but the justice league dark story that preceded it was awesome i i love the fact detective chip is etrigan <laughs> how cool yeah, that was, that was kind of that? fun and there's so much like back and forth because it's like a really dark story like things are going terribly but like there's just enough dark humor and lighthearted stuff throughout so i thought that was really interesting uh the, the one that actually impressed, and it's going to shock no one, uh, is Future State Green Lantern, which had three stories in that. And all three were, like, really interesting on their own. And so, like, if you're going to pick up, I feel like, one issue this week, that's the one to pick up. Because I feel like there's something interesting in every single story. Uh, we also got Robin Eternal is another strong one. Because uh, that issue actually does some really interesting things with the Magistrate and... You know, without really getting into spoilers, because it's kind of towards the end, uh, does some really interesting things with Robin himself and that like spoiler interaction. There's some really cool stuff there, especially if you read We Are Robin. Uh, there's some cool uh, go backs there. So a there's a lot of interesting stuff. There was a lot more skippable this week. Like Superman Wonder Woman was fine. You know, uh, the Supergirl book was fine. 
Like there was uh, Teen Titans was interesting, but again, as a like an overall issue, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to go get it, but it does some interesting things by the end. So it was weird. Like it was a, a more like pick and choose. The other big one is Dark Detective, which is where we find out like what Batman's been up to since he's been supposedly dead. Uh, so I mean that that one one Dan Moore could draw the phone book, and I would be interested. Uh, that book is gorgeous. And uh, but as far as like the character stuff. It is interesting. It's one of those things I feel like we were promised Joker War for so long of like, hey, this is the back to basics Batman. And then in this issue, like alone, it feels like it's a back to basics Batman who doesn't have all the uh, tools and money at his disposal. So I thought they did some really interesting stuff there. So if you were waiting for Joker War to kind of deliver that, just go read this issue. (laughs) I have a a totally superficial comment about Future State, and it's – the trade dress on the covers is oddly distracting. Um, it's like it's a weird. The thing that they've got like along the border yeah. and whatnot. Like I was just, I was at like I, I noticed it last week when I was at my comic book shop, and I was just like, the logos, like some of the logos seem like super overcomplicated. Like the you know the the Supergirl one, like it's like her full name is the title. Like Yara Gore is as and I get like, why they did it because of course like. Superman's is that way. It's you know sure. like Man of Metropolis or whatever. But like, good lord, it fills up so much of the cover. It's weird, isn't it? Weird. <laughs> yeah, I will say I I will say I do like this is a very radical change for comics, kind of in general. Um, it's on a line wide kind of scale. Is like the multiple, like the an- almost anthology aspect that these books are carrying. The multiple stories in one, you know, in one book. The books being a bit more oversized. Um, so I'm curious to see if this is something that that sticks. If people, you know, are uh, if this does make change, I don't I, I don't know if it will. Nah. Uh, it'll always I think come down to the content, but like, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on for sure. I mean, it was gonna, one of those I'm things go, where they're. Go, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead, go. I just want to go a little harder and say you're being very kind um, in not calling out that most of this is bait and switch. Like you buy a book that says Justice League, but most of the pages you're going to be reading are Justice League Dark. Um, and that could be hit or miss, like Matt said. Uh, I think they're just throwing a lot of things. I don't even think a lot of the main characters are the main focus. I think a lot of the secondary stuff is. Like I, I could see stuff hitting the wall and sticking. Like I could see Grifter being wrapped up in a lot more Gotham stories mm-hmm. after this because it, it was cool. That was actually a good story with Cole Cash and, and just Lou, and, uh, Lou, or what is his name, Fox. And just kind of seeing him in Gotham City in that kind of down and dirty setting would be interesting going forward. And I think it's a lot of that is the secondary tier characters and stories are the ones really being kind of tested. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you know, with uh, what was it? Uh, Next Batman. I feel like the Outsiders got a big shine in that book. Uh, the last Superman book had like three stories like Guardian. Uh, and then uh, I'm blanking on the second story in that book. But yeah, like and also too, I mean, DC shrunk its publishing output. So, yeah. I mean, this is one way to still hit a lot of characters and stories without dedicating a full thing to a book that might not sell. I mean, this is also just like very practical. Uh, I feel like over the next few months, even after Future State, we still might see some books take this because again, just because of the world we live in and things are not quite returning there as far as like an economic side of things. But on the long run, no, I think eventually things will kind of get back to normal where a book is a book. All right. Well, DC Future State is going to be, uh, I think we're just doing this, what, in January? Or does it go through February, too? No, February. March is the return to 
uh, Infinite Frontiers. Normalcy for a lot of things, including DC books. All right. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that and keep you updated on what's worth reading and uh, kind of what ideas we want to see stick to the wall. That'll do it for our main show, but we got some quick mentions today. I just wanted to shout out uh, History of Swear Words on Netflix. If you guys are not watching that show, man, it's like a six-part kind of limited series. It is fantastic. Nick Cage is the narrator, and each episode takes a different famous swear word and gives you a kind of – they do the kind of VH1 thing. There's a collection of comedians who talk about the word and how we use it and, and you know how it fits in society – but there's also scientists and researchers who tell you about the historical roots of these words, you know, separating the myths from the truth and all that stuff. And it's really interesting and seeing Nick Cage scream different swear words as he narrates the opinion <laughs> is truly great. So check out History of Swear Words on Netflix. Matt. Uh, so we covered most of my comic picks that I was going to talk about in our uh, segment. But what I will say is that it was actually mentioned in the chat uh, that Ubisoft is making a massive open world Star Wars game. I've seen a lot of talk where people are saying it's like, uh, could be like a revival of 1313, uh, which was the long canceled uh, project that was supposed to be kind of based around like bounty hunters and maybe possibly Boba at some point. Um, that is really interesting. And it's also interesting that Lucas uh, Games is actually going to open up the exclusivity thing. So it's not just going to be EA making Star Wars games, which I think is really interesting. And also that Indiana Jones game that just got announced. So lots of interesting. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, so very interesting to see what they do with this license. But I think it's a, a good uh, talking point. So make sure to let us know on Twitter. All right. Thank you, Matt. That'll do it for this episode. We are Comic Book Nation. We put up new episodes Wednesdays on comicbook.com. And you can watch the show there. We'll be posting it with our audio. And now uh, we started adding our YouTube videos. We are still on YouTube. We have our own little channel section over there. So we will be putting them in the articles later today after if you're watching the live stream and you want to catch up with the uh, rest of the show. If you want to listen to us, we are on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Or you can tell your smart home devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and they will start playing it for you. If you want to get into the show and kind of subscribe and be one of our regular fans, you can do so on our YouTube page, on our Twitter page. You can always just check out the hashtag Comic Book Nation to see what we're up to. Or you can follow us individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw, as you can see. <laughs> I'm Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And at Jim Biscardi. Thank you guys again, and be sure to check out our Marvel podcast, Phase Zero, this Friday, coinciding with the launch and premiere of uh, Marvel's WandaVision. That'll be hosted by your boy Brandon Davis, and he'll have some of our awesome Marvel experts from the comic book staff on with him, and some big interviews, including starting with no less than Kevin Feige, so be sure. Phase Zero, start to subscribe in the same podcast uh, listening platforms Make sure to check that out as well. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we will definitely see you next time. Peace. Peace. See you. Bye, guys.